Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news. The networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 21st. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. That is one of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We talked in depth about this article researcher. Quote, we made a big mistake on COVID-19 vaccine drive. Joseph Mercola with the piece, Epoch Times or Epoch Times, if you prefer, uh, with the details. And this incredible uh, researcher doubles down. Said the assumption the vaccine developers had is, hey, the injection site is the shoulder. When you inject in the shoulder, we thought that the mRNA stuff would stay there. It's not true. It doesn't primarily remain in and around the vaccine uh, injection site at all. So Pfizer's data now shows that the mRNA and subsequent spike protein are widely distributed throughout the body within hours. The spike protein is a toxin that creates all kinds of damage in the body. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. It accumulates in women's ovaries, ladies and gentlemen. It breaches the blood-brain barrier, ladies and gentlemen. It does this within hours. It's a toxic reality causing cardiovascular and neurological damage. The mRNA, ladies and gentlemen, spike protein enters your bloodstream. It accumulates in a variety of organs, really in all your organs, really. Primarily your spleen, your bone marrow, your liver, your adrenal glands, and in women in their ovaries, ladies and gentlemen. The spike protein also travels to your heart, brain, <clears throat> and lungs, where um, all kinds of blood clots, etc., can occur as a result. And believe it or not, it's even expelled, they now admit, in breast milk. Everything we told you from the start years ago is true. Everything they said we were nuts, bat crazy on, turns out we were right, they were wrong. Once in your blood circulation, ladies and gentlemen, this spike protein binds to platelet receptors in the cells that line your blood vessels. You see what I mean? It coats everything in your body. Importantly, ladies and gentlemen, people who've been vaccinated against the COVID-19 absolutely should not donate blood, seeing how the vaccine and the spike protein are both transferred. In very um, specific situations, it can be lethal to anybody else receiving the blood. Okay, this is serious, folks. Breastfeeding women also need to know that, hey, you're not just transferring some things. Okay? You're not just transferring antibodies. You're transferring the vaccine itself along with the spike antibody, which is the bioweapon. The spike protein, folks, I'm going to say it again, is a bioweapon. 
Okay, we talked about that in detail in hour one. Okay, we talked to Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, his lifelong goal of collegiate series to preserve the nation. We talked to him uh, in detail yesterday as well. And we talked to him about what media do you pay attention to? Do you support the honest media? And Sam went into why we use the broadcast facilities that we do and the news services that we do in great detail. That's a must-listen broadcast if you question why we do that. Hey, Sam, you're teaming up with the mainstream press. Why are you peddling their bogus news? Go listen to the first hour yesterday. You'll find out. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. We then, uh, uh, yeah, why do we use some mainstream news at Liberty Roundtable Live? We talked about do you intentionally seek out inspirational people in your life? Do you intentionally seek out uplifting people, places, and things in your life? It's about God, family, and country. Sadly, we as a nation, and many times even individually, we are turning our backs on God-given sacred gifts. Don't turn your back on them. Please open those sacred gifts. That was the conversation with Dr. Scott Bradley. Great conversation uh, indeed, and that was the second hour of Liberty Roundtable Live. All right, without further ado, Chris Carlson's in the house. He joins us every Saturday on your radio. Always has a lot to say, a lot to cover, in-depth reporting to say the least. Welcome back, my dear friend. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. Amen to that. Welcome, brother. And you have a book review to jump onto, right? Yep. The full title of the book, Sam, Behind the Curtain, Inside the Network of Progressive Billionaires and Their Campaign to Undermine Democracy. And I don't like that word democracy as you do not like it. But this is a book by Jeff Reynolds. Nonetheless, the content of the book is Yeah, is before you go on, good. I'm fine with the, the word democracy if we use it properly. Okay, so I don't mind defining democracies as other places around the world where mob rules, other places around the world where the citizens just have their way and the masses decide everything. I don't mind explaining and highlighting and understanding that word. I kind of like the word communism or anybody, anything else. I don't hate that word. What I don't like that word used in is relation to the United States because it's an absolute uh, misinformation campaign. Uh, and that's kind of the problem here. Whenever we say we have a democracy, it's not true. We have a constitutional republic. And that is vastly different from a democracy. And uh, our founding fathers even warned us about a peer democracy. Uh, and we use this modern day, uh, and I believe um, many people use it ignorantly, possibly even this author, uh, even the folks in the vote fraud you know, that we're talking about in Mules 2000, they use the term, et cetera, et cetera. Look, uh, these people are probably duped. But there are people who know the difference and who are using these words against us. Because if they can get us to believe we're a democracy, then they don't need to talk about all the checks and balances, the moral high ground, um, the dual sovereignties, the uh, role of the people, uh, the moral high ground that God set forth. Because, hey, the people rule. And uh, it's very dangerous when you have a king. It's also very dangerous when the people rule. And the founders found an incredible, unique experiment, a balance between the two, a constitutional republic. Uh, which uses a little bit of each of these different pieces of the pie to blend together a new type of government, a republic, if you can keep it. Anyway, I don't mean to spend forever on it, but I do believe it's worth <laughs> highlighting and uh, helping people understand the real differences. Because when you understand the differences, then you can spend your time learning, well, what makes that difference so unique? What, what are the components 
to the proper role of limited, moral, God-ordained constitutional government. And in that understanding lies the solutions. Anyway, I digress. Chris? No, no, a very good distinction, and thank you. We need to be reminded, and some people need to be educated, not just reminded, because they, they do believe we have a democracy. And, you know, just a pure democracy, as you pointed out, Sam, is mob rule. And mob rule is not good because sometimes the majority can vote for that which is not correct, not right, and doesn't protect uh, minority rights. So anyway, yeah, so Jeff Randalls wrote this book. Um, it, it covers a lot of bases. I, think, I thought it was a little too general. I, I wanted to see a little more detail, but he does provide sufficient details to evince a pattern of um, – of tyranny on the part of 501c3 charitable organizations. And we'll talk a little about a bit about the 501c4 and the 527 groups. <clears throat> but for the most part, they're, they're tax-exempt uh, 501c3 uh, charitable organizations. And, and I took this quote from the book to kind of illustrate his uh, point of view about these organizations. He says that these donors and foundations operate by a different set of rules. When you have a pliable morality, and I wouldn't even use the, mor the word morality in that sense because this has nothing to do with morality. Uh, the ends justify the means, and you've heard that expression before. More than anything else, that's the lesson of this book. Whatever it takes to push the agenda forward, morality is, uh, in this case, means achieving those policy goals no matter what. Jeff Reynolds. And, uh, and yeah, and, that, and that's what these organizations are all about. He doesn't really talk about the source of the income. He talks about some of the billionaires that, that provide that income uh, to these uh, tax-exempt organizations, but he really doesn't talk about the ultimate source of that, That and you know we could or could not go into that. And, of course, that is the printing presses that are controlled uh, by the Federal Reserve System, which can uh, literally create money out of nothing, and that's the problem. That's one of the major problems because they can outspend us 1,000 to 1 on any issue and make it look as if the public – uh, is in favor of an issue when, in fact, it's just these tax-exempt organizations that are pushing the agenda on the part of the grassroots level. And that's and they why use, I have um, a problem with Rand Paul or some of these other politicians, you know, Mike Lee or whatever. They always ask me for money, and they say, Sam, we're behind in this last quarter's campaign. You know, we're being outraised by our opponents, and we're going to get slaughtered. And Look, you'll never win the money game with these people, Rand, or anybody else. You should understand that. And you know what? When Americans think, oh, my gosh, i got to get involved in this election cycle, what they're doing is taking money away from their families <clears throat> and putting into, in my opinion, um, unwinnable reality. In other words, I could fund, uh, you know, Rand Paul's campaign until the cows come home and give him tons of money. He may win. And if he does, that's great because I think he's one of the best ones there. Uh, but, again, you know, at the end of the day, does that money really do better in his campaign than it does in my family wallet? Um, you know, I don't think so. And so I really have a problem with this. You know, you deny the money, uh, fiat money reality. Now, Rand Paul doesn't deny it. He admits it. He understands all of it. But then there's not a connect to that to say, look, we have got to educate the people and get the power of the people behind the solutions, not just hoping we can outraise our components when it comes to the finance game. Uh, I digress. When we come back, we'll talk about these donors, these foundations. Have you ever heard of the Billionaires Club? Let's start there in seconds with Chris Carlson on your radio. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, 
The nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to localhoneyman.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at localhoneyman.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net. Live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson in the house, and grateful that he is, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about this incredible book review, Behind the Curtain, Inside the Network of Progressive Billionaires and Their Campaign to Undermine, and then they use the word democracy, but undermine America. Let's just say that, okay? Jeff Reynolds is the author of the book, and he does an incredible job in the book, and he brings out important things that you should understand. There is a group of donors... And these foundations they put together operate under a different set of rules. They don't have any morals. They just say, get the job done. And they fill it with filthy lucre, fiat unconstitutional money. How do they do all that? Well, let's start you out by learning about, have you ever heard of the Billionaires Club, Chris? Oh, I have. I don't suppose most Americans have, though, because uh, we in 2014, when a Senate report on environment and public works came out and talked about this billionaires club that we were, were introducing, I don't think the media covered that, Sam. Do you remember the media, the, the Foxes, the CNNs, the ABCs? Do you remember them no. talking about There the was Senate? a few great no. talk show hosts speaking about it, um, you know, so we mention these things from time to time. A lot of times, since I don't bring up these things, since they're so vast every day, people think I don't know about them. But we bring them up when they kind of are relevant and when they happen, you know. Uh, and so we did talk about this. This is an important story. It is riveting to dig into the report and find out how the dots connect. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and read word for word what this uh, Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works came up with on this report about the, this billionaires club. An elite group, they, they refer to them as a, an elite group of left-wing millionaires and billionaires, which this report refers to as the billionaires club. 
who directs and controls the far-left environmental movement, which in turn controls major policy decisions and lobbies on behalf of the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. And I just mentioned, you know, we talk about the Environmental Protection Agency, which we would all agree is a left-wing organization, which is unconstitutional. I just mentioned uh, in passing that that was um, implemented during the Richard Milhouse Nixon administration, who was supposed to have been a conservative. Anyway, I digress. Okay, the, the report goes on to say that this group is a dominant organization, or no, they, they say that a dominant organization in this movement is Sea Change Foundation. Let's talk about what, who the Sea Change Foundation is, Sam. It's a private California foundation which relies on funding from a foreign company with undisclosed donors. Did you catch that? A foreign I company? I sure did. Repeat that one more time. Think about this, ladies and gentlemen. You're talking about a foreign company, and we cannot trace the money. No. No, and, and under the 501c3 status, legally, you don't have to disclose that information. And that's the disturbing thing about this. Okay. Um, so the Sea Change, uh, do you want me to repeat that? I said the Sea Change Foundation, a private California foundation, which relies on funding from a foreign company with undisclosed donors. In turn, Sea Change funnels tens of millions of dollars to other large but discrete foundations and private environmental activi- activists who strive to control both policy and politics. Wow. And that's a government report, Sam. I mean, that's not just some journalist uh, exposing this fraud to the American people. That's the Senate reporting to us. We should take that seriously. So, and I go on to say the Sea Change Foundation is one of many taxes and foundations that operates in the United States who try to influence both policy and politics at the grassroots level as well as the governmental level. And let me explain. Saul Alinsky in his book, Rules for Radicals, and we've talked about him, in his book, he talked about uh, applying pressure from above and then pressure from below. So the pressure from below would be from maybe Antifa, Black Lives Matter, MoveOn.org, BAM, by any means necessary. These are all 501c3 organizations. And then maybe pressure from above would be at the governmental level, which is, uh, like we just mentioned, the Sea Change Foundation, um, Sustainable Markets Foundation, a union of concerned scientists, some of these in, uh, groups that influence government. So now you have pressure from below. It looks like the grassroots people level, who a lot of these thugs who uh, operate in uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, as you know, Sam, were being paid and are being paid, and in some cases being paid by taxpayer dollars. That's the pressure from below, and it creates this uh, perception that, that – uh, at the, the higher echelons of government, there's this great concern about in the environment. And from the lower echelons, the grassroots level, it appears that the people are in support of these policies, creating an illusion or a delusion that uh, there's this great concern about global warming and the environment and the depletion of the ozone layer and all these things. And normal people like you and me, Sam, uh, think, wow, we better get on board too, right? And that's the essence of these tax-exempt foundations, to, to, to try to create a sea change, if uh, you'll excuse the expression, in society to support policies that destroy our constitutional rights and merge us into a globalist communist system that they're trying to do. And um, 
and I'm not going to go willingly. I'm not going to go without a fight. Uh, there are all the, and if I mention all the organizations that were in this book, uh, the Pew Charitable Trust, the Ford Foundation, uh, the Koch Foundation, some of these are actually so-called conservative foundations, but they're really run by the same people who run the more liberal foundations. World Resource Institute, Hewlett Foundation, Rockefeller Brothers. Uh, I don't want to go through the whole list. It would take the whole show. But it, it begs the question, Sam, where does all the money come from for all these organizations? Where are they getting all the money? I tell you what, if uh, you know you struggle, and I know because you talk about it on the air on a regular basis, you struggle to find enough money to just keep things going on a shoestring basis, Sam. Where do these organizations get all this money? Well, let's talk about the Billionaires Club. So you may have, have heard of some of these donors in this Billionaires Club that they refer to in the Senate document, such as Tom Steyer, Warren Buffett. We've all heard of Warren, and of course, we've heard of George Soros. But according to this book by Jeff Reynolds, Sam, uh, George Soros is only number 12 on this list of donors to these charitable organizations. Did you know that? He's I did a, not until I read the information you brought forward. <clears throat> what I find interesting about that is most people believe he's kind of the single guy to get it all done, right? No. That's the way it sounds. No. It's not true, I, but that's, what, was, that's I, really the way it sounds, huh? Yeah. No, there's a whole host of people, um, and a lot of them, can, you know, these are billionaires in, in most cases. And let's just kind of go into it. And I just want to introduce a few names. I don't want to go too deep into this. Uh, you've got uh, Herb Sandler. Well, the re- you know, and the reason we haven't heard of these people is because th- their names do not need to be disclosed as donors of these organizations, and they probably don't want to be high-profile figures in the media. They probably want to maintain a low profile because it makes a lot of people angry, like like you and me. Okay. Yeah. So why? Just, why should they, hold on. Why should they put their names out there if they're getting their job done? The secrecy yeah. is kind of Satan's tool to help advance their agenda. Uh, you know, and so they don't mind a George Soros taking the hit for all of them. When he's 12th on the list, it's like he's just a small fry. His influence doesn't matter. Even if they expose him, it won't touch the rest of us. This is all by design because, again, evil prospers in secrecy, Chris. Yeah. Well, and then the, the Sackler family is a little bit high profile because they were being sued because of their involvement with Purdue Pharmaceuticals, who were driving the op- opioid epidemic, you know, with the OxyContin. So they're a little bit more high profile, but you've probably never heard of Drummond Pike or John Arnold, have you? I have. Most have not. Yeah, you have because you you dive a little deeper. But, but let me say something about it. Um, all of these individuals have signed the giving pledge. In quotes, the giving pledge. And have you heard about the giving pledge? Yes, I have. You know what that is? Yeah. Okay. So the giving the giving pledge is an effort by Warren Buffett and Bill and, Gates and let me, to give. Let half. me just back you up for a second. The giving pledge sounds awesome. You know, here's what happens: these rich guys are on a quest in life uh, to get wealthy. They achieve their goal. Then they turn towards quote philanthropy, and uh, they basically this giving pledge sounds awesome. It's like, hey, now that I've made it myself, I'm going to turn beyond myself and look out for my fellow man. It sounds awesome. And if it were genuinely true, that would be wonderful. 
but under this guise of, of, of you know, caring for their fellow man, then they get involved in the giving pledge, and they say they're going to give a bunch of their money, half, 50%, whatever, uh, to um, philanthropic causes, <clears throat> so to help the people. The problem is with the giving pledge, what they actually commit to and what restrictions relate to the money. We'll talk about that with Chris when we come back because it's not just the great idea to share with your fellow man and give back and bless lives. There's unique details to how the money is spent that runs it off the rails. We'll talk about it in seconds. The Billionaires Club and the Giving Pledge in seconds. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. There seems to be no end in sight to the rising gas prices. A new AAA survey showing the national average for a gallon of regular is up to $4.59 a gallon. The least expensive place to fill up is Oklahoma, where the statewide average is $4.03 a gallon. This driver telling ABC 15 News in Phoenix, Arizona, enough is enough. It's crazy. It's crazy. Let's just keep going up. A judge is keeping Title 42 in place for the time being. The Louisiana judge keeping his injunction in place for the policy that has been used nearly two million times to keep illegal immigrants from seeking asylum in the United States due to COVID restrictions. Wall Street ending the week nearly unchanged as the Dow gained eight points. This is USA Radio News. Wendy Bell here for my friends at Swiss America. Did you know the U.S. Constitution authorizes only two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver? That's right. But our government abandoned gold and silver a half century ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have rocketed in recent years due to growing economic uncertainty. So to help my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer today. Silver walking liberty half dollars at the amazingly low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right. $12.50. Call now to reserve your silver coins at 800 630 1490. That's 800-630-1490. Silver Walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Put a silver lining in your financial portfolio now by calling 800-630-1490. 800-630-1490. President Biden spent part of his Friday in South Korea, the first leg of his Asian tour that aims to build economic ties and counter Chinese influence. So much, so much of the future of the world is going to be written here in the Indo-Pacific over the next several decades. We're standing at an inflection point in history where the decisions we make today will have far-reaching impacts on the world we leave to our children tomorrow. President Biden also meeting with the president of South Korea. The CDC is keeping their eye on another virus. A monkeypox outbreak in several European countries and one United States state may become the largest outbreak of the virus outside of Africa, but it's not likely to cause a global pandemic like COVID. It's related to smallpox. Monkeypox has two main types, the West African, which has a fatality rate of about 1%, and the Congo Basin, with a fatality rate of around 10%. From the West Coast to USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. 
This is USA Radio News. Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking about the Billionaires Club. Do you know about it? You need to. Are you familiar with the Giving Pledge? It puts restrictions on big money that flows through secret organizations, ladies and gentlemen. Tell us about the Giving Pledge in detail, Chris. Okay, so the Giving Pledge was uh, founded by Warren Buffett and Bill Gates. And if you're in this Giving Pledge uh, commitment, I guess it's like an oath you take, um, you agree to give half of your wealth away during the course of your lifetime. And, um, I mean, these guys, I don't think that they earn their money in the first place. So for them, you know, and we don't know, you know, if they're just brilliant investors like George George Soros was supposed to have invested and, you know, made these these 30 billions of dollars that he's um, redistributed in his lifetime. I don't think for a minute, Sam, that somebody's that brilliant that they can make investments to, to with a return of 30 billion. Nevertheless, and notwithstanding, uh, they commit to give half of their wealth away during the course of their lifetime. And then I add to that, the only stipulation, as far as I can tell, is that these causes have to promote globalism and subvert traditional American values. And almost all of these organizations do so. And the ones that don't, like the Heritage Foundation, you know, or the Koch Brothers Foundation, uh, they still promote globalism. So and they're supposed to be conservative organizations, right? Yeah, and then uh, Jeff Reynolds, I'll just read a quote from Jeff Reynolds from his book. He says uh, their goals are to discredit conservatives throughout American life and sow the seeds of division. And that they are doing, especially Black Lives Matter, Matters, MoveOn.org, Antifa, uh, BAM. Have you ever heard of BAM? BAM's an interest. The name itself is telling, by any means necessary. You know, and that that to me sounds like a terrorist organization, you know, just like Black Lives Matter. I mean, you know, by any means, whatever we have to do to get the job done, get it done. If we need to use bombs uh, like Bill Ayers did in the 1960s and 70s, well, by any means necessary, right? Anyway, whatever it takes, baby, the ends justify the means. We got to do this because they believe they're lords over society and they're protecting you from yourself and they're protecting the planet from people like you. Uh, that are extreme belligerent capitalists, you're selfish, they consider themselves ambivalent, you see. It's this complete understanding that they have that changes, uh, you know, words that you and I use that we think make sense. Hey, the giving pledge sounds nice. Who wouldn't give half their money, half their wealth to charitable organizations? Uh, as, you know, if you're really wealthy and you don't, you don't have to, you know, work anymore to make a living or whatever. You know, it sounds so great. The problem is when you learn about the Billionaires Club and the names behind it, And then when you learned about the giving pledge, uh, you kind of start to realize that, hey, there's strings attached to that money to where they really have to promote the destruction of America. And they have to use these guidelines uh, in their money to create, to sow division, Chris. Yep. And they do a great job of it. And they've got endless resources. And they're, like you said, Sam, there's nothing we can do really monetarily to counter that because they're outspending us in some cases. I said 1,000 to 1. It's probably closer to 100 to 1. I don't know. Oh, it's um, a million to 1, my friend. Level. You have no idea. <laughs> okay. I was off, but just in the wrong direction. That's right. I'm um, just saying that the amount of money, got- when you really learn about it, is beyond comprehension, Chris. Yeah. 
It's endless. I mean, when you have control of the printing presses, which these people do, they're tied in with the Federal Reserve System, the World Bank. I mean, that's where they get their money ultimately. Of course, you know, they, they claim that they're just great hedge fund managers and they're great investors in, in businesses. Well, that probably has something to do with it. But if they're trading, they're probably uh, doing a whole lot of insider trading as well, which – you know, basically is fraudulent money just as well. Yeah, but to them, again, that's Either just way, business as usual because, again, by any means necessary, the end justifies the means. It's not really a problem. Yeah. In fact, it's ambivalent. Yeah, They're going to so do we, good with all that money, don't you know? See, that's kind of the agenda right? they come from. Now, knowing a lot of these people uh, is really important because it kind of helps you understand. Let's talk about David Brock a little bit. Okay. Yeah, so David, David Brock is a lifelong Democrat operative. He's also the founder of Dem- Democracy Alliance. And interestingly now enough— Now, stop. I want to bring this up. Okay. We started out by telling you this democracy is a problem. And again, he's a founder of Democracy Alliance. These are the ones that are teaching the American people that democracy is good and fine and necessary and moral and right and ambivalent. Okay, That's why they perpetuate the lie, because they know democracy at its very core devolves into anarchy, which eventually you know, foments tyranny. They know that. They love that. That's their agenda, Chris. Yep, that is their agenda. Um, and, you know, and, you know, great leaders, they delegate authority. And in, in the case of these leaders of these 501c3 organizations, they delegate authority to unknowing, brainwashed, in some cases, in most cases, I would say younger people, in the case of Black Lives Matter and Antifa and BAM, by any means necessary. They recruit these these millions of disgruntled youth, you know, who have this bleak outlook of their future, and they blame conservatives like you and me, Sam, for that bleak out, outlook. And um, they use these 501c3 organizations to do so, and Democracy Alliance is a case in point. So it's an umbrella group for many other subversive organizations. It was formed the week, interestingly enough, the week of Donald Trump's inauguration, and there's no coincidence about that, by the way. In a tweet to potential participants of the founding meeting, Brock, um, David Brock wrote, quote, what better way to spend inaugural weekend than t- talking about how to kick Donald Trump's butt? And he, they didn't use the word butt. They used a word that I can't use on the radio. Um, and some of the bylaws are very telling about this uh, 501c3 charitable organization called Democracy Alliance, Sam. And let me read word for word what these bylaws are in this founding meeting. You need to respect the privacy of others and not share partners' names or details of the conference with the press. That's one. Another one is contact Elizabeth Bartolomeo, who is the founding director of the organization, organization, if you are contacted by the media or a blogger about the conference. And number three, you need to refrain from leaving sensitive materials out where others may find them. Why the secrecy, Sam? Why, if, if I had just because attended if the people, a meeting. Hold on, because if the people understood the amount of money and who was involved and what their real agenda goals were, the people would rise up and shut them down. See, 90% of the reason that the people aren't engaged in America is because you cannot be ignorant and free. And they know that. I'm sorry, you can't. You cannot, yeah, you cannot be ignorant and free. They know yeah, that they got to disconnect right. the real truth, the education, what's really happening from the agenda. Because if they don't, and the American people get wind of it, we will push back. And I'll give you the proof. We gave them the benefit of the doubt on COVID for two years. Shame on us. We were very kind and very uh, ignorant, slow to wake up. 
But you know what? People are pushing back now. You know, pilots are going, wait a minute. My buddy just died because he took a vaccine and now he can't even fly a plane. He either died or he's sick. And, I, and so everywhere, people are pushing back to the point where they've had to back off. They knew before the elections, if they didn't back off, it'd be curtains at the next election. So they said, well, you don't got to wear masks now. You don't got to do this now. They're secretly now pushing uh, for these vaccine, um, you know, um, passports and all these kind of things. Um, they're, but they know that if they push too hard, so they're still afraid of us. And they know if we really connect the dots, they're in trouble. And so they cannot let us connect yeah. the dots. That's why the media helps them. And that's why one of the big arms of David Brock, which we'll get into, into in a second, has to do directly with manipulating the media. Yeah, and they know we have short memories. So they can abuse us, you know, for years. And then, oh, it's election year, you know, just back off a little. And they can rely on the fact that we will forget the abuse that we uh, sustained from them for the last three years. Isn't that interesting, Sam? Uh, it's just so frustrating because I have a horrible memory, Sam, but I remember the abuses that government has thrust upon me from the time that I woke up politically, which was about 22 years ago. But most people don't. They say, well, they won't do that again. You know, that was a mistake. Nobody's perfect. That's my favorite one. Nobody's perfect. Even Donald Trump uses – well, they use that about him. Yeah, and anyway, then they said, I'm um, just following go- orders. And now what they say is I'm just following guidelines, Chris. It's not even – I don't even need to do orders. That's too hard-sounding. I'm just following guidelines, Chris. Yeah, it's it's See? law. we got to follow guideline. the law, right? No, you don't have to follow the, guidelines. the law. You no, we don't got to talk about law. It's not really a law. It's just a guideline, Chris. Guidelines. Yeah, guidelines, yeah, 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 guidelines. Because they can't say law because then we can prove them wrong and sue them for disinformation and sue them because there's no law in the book or say, show me the law. But see, if you say guidelines, it could be anything, buddy. Yeah, they, they, and they always for, yeah, and then they always forget that the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. It, it overrides all other laws. But yeah, we'll, except uh, for we're guidelines not using that there. anymore. Except for guidelines, yeah. David Brock, anyway, lifelong no, Democratic David, secret operative, and David Brock also started an umbrella organization, a 501c3 nonprofit called Media Matters for America. And Media Matters is an organization that really um, manipulates the media. What they do is they create dossiers on conservatives like me, and they tell you all the bullet points of who I am. Never mind they never talk to me. Never mind they don't prove their facts. Never mind they don't have to validate what they say and commit slander and libel and everything else. And, hey, it's no problem. You know, they tell you that I'm a racist, that I'm a right-wing extremist, that I'm partnering with um, militias, that I'm, and they go on and on. And, and this Media Matters group has attacked me personally many times by name in their articles over the years. We'll come back and talk about some more case in points with Chris in seconds on your radio. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2000mules.com. 2000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. 
Small Business Tech Guys is a team of experts ready to assist you with any service relating to growing your business. Our team specializes in information and technology, social media, general consulting, and HR. We thrive on assisting startup entrepreneurs with growing their businesses. If it's small business, it's our cup of tea. To schedule your free discovery call today, consider sbtechguys.com. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. sbtechguys.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because it gets spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. We're talking about the book review, ladies and gentlemen. Behind the curtain, inside the network of progressive billionaires in their campaign to undermine democracy. Jeff Reynolds. Uh, We talk about these billionaires club. We talk about the giving pledge that guides the money. We've talked about the secret organizations they put together and how the money flows through these nonprofits. David Brock is one of them. He's the founder of Democracy Alliance. He's involved in all these 501c3 umbrella organizations where it's very hard to trace the money, but they're into subversive politics in secret virtually. And Media Matters for America is one of them that has attacked me relentlessly uh, over the years. And they lie about who I am, and they're dishonest. It's libel and slander. The problem is, who do you hold responsible? How do you sue them and win? How do you, what they say is, well, Sam, you know, you're on one hand, what they want to say is if I sue them for libel and slander, they say, no, Sam, you're a famous celebrity. So therefore the rules are different and you can't sue me. I can say anything I want about you. And then in their articles, they say, Sam, you're a nobody racist. Um, You're a a domestic threat terrorist tied to, you know, subversive anti-government organizations such as militias and and they go on and on and on. None of it's true. So on one hand, I'm this famous celebrity that, hey, they can do whatever they want. On the other hand, then they can slander me and, and, and call me and manipulate that I'm a nobody. How do you deal with this stuff? Well, even Donald Trump said we got to deal with this, but he, of course, never did, Chris. Did you invite David Brock to come on your show and discuss Oh, yeah, I've invited the, all their people. They won't do it, not in a million years, because they know the truth will come out if they <laughs> I don't do blame them. I'll yeah, eat those suckers alive with the truth. Horse. But anyway, oh, yeah. it's, it's oh, serious that, business, ladies and gentlemen. you got to understand this happens in a bunch of ways, though. It's not only American globalists that are doing it. Chinese globalists are at the helm as well, um, Chris. But let's talk some case in points and then the Chinese issue real quick. Okay, so uh, David Brock is also the founder of another uh, 501c3 umbrella organization called Media Matters, uh, which, which you just referred to. You know, they, they attacked you in the past, which tells you exactly what they're all about. 
so under this organization, uh, Brock has seven 501c3, so it's an umbrella organization. Uh, he has a, uh, some super PACs and he has an LLC. So what they do, so in order to, to illustrate this point, how dishonest these people are, let me make the distinction between a 501c3, a 501c4, and a 527 organization, Sam. So tax-exempt 501c3 organizations uh, have two advantages. You don't have to disclose your donors, and you can, uh, but da, 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 you don't have to disclose your donors, and uh, it allows them to do more things. Yeah, and they are tax-exempt. Yes, that's the other one. Okay, there's only one catch. No more than 20% of your activity can be lobbying, candidate promotion, or political advocacy. But in a 501c4, you can uh, have up to 50% of your activity be lobbying, candidate promotion, or political advocacy, which I don't know how they measure that. It just seems weird, you know, that they would have that arbitrary distinction. Anyway, he has all these organizations under this umbrella organization, yet he mixes uh, the expenses around to the point where pretty much all of these organizations can violate those rules, and you can say, oh, no, that's not this organization violating this rule. That is the 501c3 organization that is um, this, this is talking about a political candidate and promoting him. Anyway, let me just read from the book. It says, remember the super PAC must disclose the identities of its donor, but the foundation can withhold the identities of its donors. If Brock has created a scheme to shield the identity of donors to the super PAC by transferring the donations directly from the foundation, it would constitute an FEC violation by the foundation. And that's exactly what they do by mixing up these organizations. So if one uh, runs amok of one FEC violation, they can say, oh, no, well, technically, uh, that violation was committed by this 501c3 organization, which can violate it in a sense. Anyway, I don't, that didn't really come out very well, but uh, suffice it to say, Sam. Yeah, all you need to know is these people secretly. All you need to know is these people secretly moved the money, uh, violating laws and skirting campaign and all kinds of other SEC laws and everything else. The Securities and Exchange Commission laws, uh, they skirt these laws, and they're running very, very close to the edge. But yet, hey, because the money is secretly transferred from one place to the next along these organizations, you really can't hold anybody liable because at whatever point the money is spent, the rules are different, and they use the rules to their advantage. Example in point, Media Matters. A media organization can say anything about a celebrity, Sam Bushman, they want to. I'm a famous celebrity, you see, and so they can say whatever they want. But yet then they attack me as if I'm some militia, uh, you know, whatever, spinning untruths that are literally libel and slander. But they know that at the media level, so they got to put money into the media to say that. Then later when it comes to an election, they can do this and put money into elections more so than the average Joe can. All the election laws are circumvented because they filter the money here and filter the money there. And you know what? you got to follow the money trail and build this matrix to show it to the American people in a graph so they can understand it. But that's what's happening, Chris. Yeah, that's what's happening, and there's dishonest as all get out by any means necessary, like we talked about. And they skirt the laws. The courts are corrupt, so you know nobody's going to be able to sue them in a court of law because they've long since uh, controlled the courts. And uh, and you know, like we said, they outspend us a, a million to one. There's no way that we can contend to them at their level. And we'll just have to do what we can at, at, at our local levels to try to maintain uh, 
a semblance of sanity and prosperity in whatever ways we can. Now, we, you wanted to go into the Chinese influence, and I've got a little story to tell, but, but uh, as, as a precursor, uh, let's introduce another 501c3 charitable organization called Chinese Student and Scholarship Association. Now, maybe this is one you haven't heard of, Sam, have you? Before you are today? No. Nope. More than, Again, so there's, there's more too than many of these things to keep up with them all, ladies and gentlemen, unless you and specifically focus yeah. on a given few. And I'll tell you why. They crank them up and get rid of them, too. If they know one's about to get investigated, it just goes away. Uh, and, you know, yeah. if they know one's needed to create a new entity, that's why, hey, in 2014 or 2016 or this or that or whatever, they just crank up another one. They don't care. These things come and go. They're shady. They're crazy. They're, and they filter money through it. And, hey, it starts to take a little heat. You shut it down. Create a different one. Yep. So there are 330,000 Chinese students attending college in the United States. And this book was written in 2018. So that number has probably changed. Uh, to maybe 350,000 Chinese students. Um, the Chinese government funds and coordinates activities for dozens of branches of what is referred to as the Chinese Student and Scholarship Association, CSSA, in America, which to me is, a, if not a security risk, it is at least a conflict of our American interests. Okay, so the Chinese Communist Party pays these students to attend certain activities for example, when Xi Jinping, the, I guess, the dictator of China, visits America. So in a recent event, and this is not so recent today because it was in 2011, illustrates this program. When the then president, Hu Jintao, remember Hu Jintao was president uh, a few years back, he visited Chicago in 2011. And this, by the way, is an article from Foreign Policy magazine that is quoted by Jeff in the book. The University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is a very liberal campus, campus I've been there, uh, the, the CSSA bust in students to exc uh, excited about a free trip to the city and a chance to glimpse the president. The association also surprised the students at the conclusion of the trip with a small cash payment. The CSSA president told students not to speak to the media about the money, according to one student who attended. Okay, now why would they say not to talk about the money? And you know, obviously, uh, this creates the perception in the media, and I'm sure the media covered it extensively, that the Chinese people are in fact in support of their leadership in China, even here in America. You know, where you would think that they would, you know, want to uh, adopt our culture and, and embrace our culture. But they don't, and here's why. And I'm going to give you an illustration of, of an encounter that I had that illustrates this point. So I was on BYU campus, Brigham Young University campus. This is about two years ago, and I was engaged in a conversation with one of these students. Now, I don't know if he was a member of the uh, Chinese Student and Scholarship Association, Sam, but I do know this. Um, you know, I'm always inquisitive about how people feel about the governments, you know, where they've the countries where they've come from. And as soon as I engaged him in that conversation, he told me this, and I, I'm not making this up. He said, I'm sorry, I can't talk about that. I'm being monitored. Isn't there you that have interesting? It. That's the way it is. But look, you can't talk about the money and you can't talk about the Chinese because they want to be perceived positive in the world. They're communists and they're simply saying, hey, if you're on our errand, We'll keep you quiet, keep because you, you know what? If Americans find out how much the Chinese 
uh, influence the university world and the government, how infiltrated we become with communists, then uh, they'll melt down. Speaking of the communists, there's two contrasting statements we got to get to before the end of the hour. Chris, two people made important statements that we need to be aware of, right? Okay. Um, First one's Whitaker Chambers, second one's Ezra Taft Benson. Okay. So Whitaker Chambers once said that in the United States, the working class are Democrats. The middle class are Republicans, but the upper class are communists, interestingly enough. Why is this? Because communism never was a system whereby wealth would be evenly distributed among the populace, as we are led to believe. No, communi- no, communism is a system whereby wealth is consolidated under the control of those who claim to have our best interests at heart, Sam, while depriving it to those who have actually earned it. Every one of these nonprofit organizations that we have been talking about here promote communism because they know that involuntary slavery was abolished in the 14th Amendment. However, Sam, the 14th Amendment did not abolish voluntary slavery. We are now being led into voluntary slavery. And it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot uh, easier to enslave an entire population or an entire country through voluntary slavery. If they can brainwash us into believing that what's good is bad, um, what what is evil is good, and what uh, slavery is actually freedom. Now, Ezra Taft Benson warned us about creeping socialism. He said this, uh, and Ezra Taft Benson, by the way, was the former Secretary of Agriculture under the uh, Eisenhower administration in the 1950s. He was He's also a leader of the LDS Church. He's deceased, but he was a leader of the LDS Church in the 80s and 90s. He said this about creeping socialism. He He said, we have consistently warned our people against the insidious nature of communism, which debases the individual, robs him of his agency, and makes him an enslaved tool of the state to which he must look for sustenance and religion. And it's interesting that he used the word religion because a lot of people worship government, as you know, Sam. And I'm not just talking about uh, liberal Democrats. I'm talking about conservative uh, Republicans as well. And we saw that during the Trump administration. They practically worshiped the guy. Tragic but true, ladies and gentlemen. Understand where we are. We the people must turn back to God Almighty, and it needs to be about God, family, and country. We'll never beat them in the money war. We'll never beat them in the secrecy war. We'll never beat them with people on the ground. Uh, The ground war because, hey, they can pay everybody, including the Chinese communists, to keep quiet and to peddle the uh, agenda. Uh, And so the only way we can compete is on the moral high ground, on the principles that make America great, using the checks and balances, and standing with God in the culture war, ladies and gentlemen. That is the answer. Chris, final word's yours. Sam, without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. For May 21st, 
in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two and two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers, rejecting revolution, standing for peaceful peaceful restoration, using the checks and balances that made America great, promoting the moral high ground, standing with God, family, and country. Yes, the culture war on tap, ladies and gentlemen, and we're here to do our duty. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing fantastic. Wow, there's so much to cover. So little time. Let's jump right in. So Ammon Bundy. Uh, is in the news. Good friend. We'll have him back on the radio. I publicly endorsed him in writing for governor of the great state of Idaho. Uh, and Ammon Bundy for Idaho governor. Update, if you will, coming up. Idaho primary aftermath. So a bunch is going on in Idaho, and I want to tell you all about it. It starts out with a clip from Ammon Bundy. He is having an event today. If you're in the region, go ahead and bust out and attend. I wish I could do so. It's up in Boise. Uh, I'm uh, south of Salt Lake a little bit, and so for me, it's probably, uh, I don't know, a five- or six-hour drive, five-hour drive to get there, something like that. Uh, So anyway, I I can't make it, but, man, I sure wish I could. They're doing great stuff up there. Uh, Listen to Ammon's report. ...about the aftermath of the Idaho primaries, Uh, but first on my list, I want to congratulate uh, my friend Raul Labrador for his win as Attorney General, Uh, and as Governor, I look forward to working with him. Uh, The position of attorney general in the state government is very important for the for many reasons uh, bringing justice and securing liberty and so as governor i am very excited that he will be the attorney general and that we will have the ability to work together and to do much good here in idaho now what happened last night in the primaries is exactly what we foresaw happening uh, we projected this clear back in uh, the middle of summer, last summer of 2021. We began to understand and see what was happening. And um, we are here at the Bundy for Governor uh, campaign are very excited. Uh, we feel like we're exactly where we need to be. And I know that may be hard because there's um, many Liberty candidates that didn't get elected. And, uh, but Idaho is not doomed. And uh, Governor Little does not need to continue to be our governor. This is very predictable. Um, And I am wanting to share with you and arm you with information so that you can understand what happened last night. And I'm going to do this at a Keep Idaho, Idaho rally this Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I have some information of what happened last night and why the Liberty, most of the Liberty candidates did not get elected. And I, I can't wait to share this information with you because um, it brings a lot of hope and a lot of understanding. And uh, it's, it's, it's a message of, of basically of, of hope for Idaho and hope for the people of Idaho. So uh, the Keep Idaho, Idaho rally will be in Meridian. At, we'll start at 2 p.m. at Story Park. Uh, it'll be a family event. There'll be live music. There'll be good food. Uh, we'll have speakers, including myself. Like I said, I've got this information that I just can't wait to share with you. And, and I think you'll find it extremely um, uh, beneficial to you in understanding what is happening here in Idaho and the hope that we have if we just do a few things. Uh, so we'll also, for the kids, have bounce houses, face paintings, cotton candy. And we're just going to enjoy each other and uh and begin to unite a little better with each other and uh, 
to make a plan uh, for the future, um, uh, a plan of, of hope and a plan of, of, of freedom and liberty, and we're excited for that. I also want to uh, emphasize to you that uh, we are going to start really ramping up this campaign um, and communicating with people all over Idaho. And that is expensive. And we're not expecting one person to put in a ton of money, although many of you have, and it's basically kept us going, and we are very grateful. What we're asking is each person, each person in your household, each person that loves liberty, that that wants to preserve and keep Idaho, Idaho, we're asking you to donate $20 or more a month to my campaign. You could do that by going to votebundy.com, go to the donation, and do it monthly, $20 or more. If you can do $20, great. If you can do $100, that's even better. If you can do $500 a month, that's even better. For the next seven months, and if we can get you to do that, we will have the resources to be able to disseminate this information that we have that basically will convince the majority of Idahoans, we believe, to um, vote for me and to do what is necessary to unite and preserve liberty here in Idaho. So uh, again, I can't wait to share this information with you. I mean, it is um, amazing information and I want to share it with you. Uh, we will be uh, having this rally at 2 p.m. at Story Park, Keep Idaho, Idaho rally. Uh, Story Park is in Meridian. And uh, I can't wait to share with you what I have and to just uh, mingle with you and, and enjoy our time here. And so I will see you uh, again 2 p.m. this Saturday, uh, Story Park in Meridian at the Keep Idaho, Idaho rally. Thank you. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Great update from Ammon Bundy running for governor. Like I said, I've endorsed Ammon in writing because I believe he's the best man for the job, ladies and gentlemen. I know some of the other people are conservative, uh, but not to the degree Ammon is. Look, it's one thing to be conservative. It's another thing to understand the proper role of constitutional government. It's another thing to understand the checks and balances uh, and how to get things done. I believe there's a lot of people that are conservative. They mean well. But I think that very few really have the understanding, the education, the literal handle on things from a constitutional, God-fearing, proper rule of government perspective like Ammon Bundy does. Okay, I, I know a lot of people are frustrated with Ammon in many ways. I'm not. Ammon's a dear friend. I trust him. I believe in him. And I, uh, in writing, endorsed him for governor because I believe he's heads and shoulders above the rest. And what it takes to ferret out that knowledge, that understanding, is in-depth conversations with Ammon about government, about the proper role, about the history of property rights, about um, the checks and balances. And you begin to understand that Ammon is a wealth of knowledge. Uh, the guy is, is brilliant, uh, and he's very, very intelligent, uh, and his heart is in the right place to, to truly look. He's not seeking for power and authority. He's seeking to pull it down. He's not seeking for fame and fortune. He's seeking to make a difference. I'm telling you right now, I've prayed with him. I've eaten food with him, and I've, I've talked to him in detail, and I've spent time with him. I'm telling you, he's for reals, and it's not the same as just somebody who declares conservative values. It's not the same at all. Uh, it's in what, how much guts do you have to double down and deliver for your beliefs, and, and I'm telling you, Ammon is for real. Uh, anyway, I, I spend too much time on that maybe. I wish I could be with them. Uh, at their Keep Idaho, Idaho 
uh, rally today because I think it's worthwhile. I'd love to go eat some food and listen to some music and hang out with them and their families and everything. Just too far away from me today. I've got so many things going on. It's just beyond imagination. But anyway, I commend them, and, and I wanted to play that soundbite. You know, I get Ammon on the radio with me, too, but he's so busy and I'm so busy. It's just hard to connect. He'll call me and my voicemail's full. <laughs> I'm like, oh, crap. And so I go try to get my voicemail not full. And then I try to call Ammon, and he's, well, he's at a rally, or he's there, here or there. And, and so we, we love each other, and we'll keep in touch, and I'll have him back, absolutely. Um, but I know he's swamped busy, and so I try not to bug him too much. I try to have him on the air enough to support the cause, but I also try to use the videos and sound bites and things that he puts out to try to um, <clears throat> uh, keep in touch and, and, and use the stuff that, that he's already working on uh, in a meaningful way. So anyway, um, share the love. If anybody goes to the rally and listening to this broadcast, tell Ammon hello for me, that I love him, and that I got his back, and that I'm endorsing what he's doing 100%, and I pray for his success in the campaign. Without a doubt, I pray that he wins. Now, the reason I bring all that up and double down so much on that, in addition to the fact that I think Ammon Bundy's a great constitutional uh, American, a great father and a family man and a husband and everything else, um, there is an interesting tidbit that you need to be aware of. There is an article in the Huffington Post. Now, I know you say to me, Sam, who cares? The Huffington Post is a liberal, extreme, whacked-out rag. I get it. I understand. But when you look at this article, it is shocking in my personal opinion, the libel and the slander, and the, they get some facts right, but they manipulate the narrative. And so factually, it's hard to prove some of their points not accurate. But on the whole, it's nothing but a hit piece, a takeout piece, a slander libel job, in my opinion, to which I'm entitled. All right? Now, listen. The highlight or the headline says this. Living with the far-right insurgency in Idaho, the radical GOP faction. Think about those scare words. Think about that slander. Living with the far-right insurgency? I mean, that makes it seem like it's a military operation, right? In Idaho, a radical GOP faction in, quote, open alliance with extremists is seizing power and targeting its opponents with cruelty. Some wonder, is it time to leave? Kim Raff, HuffPost, wrote the article. Now, I want to drill into this because, man, these scare words, the, it's just shocking the way this is written. It is a takeout piece on anybody who believes in virtually the Republican platform, anybody who believes in conservative values at all. It is an absolute disgrace piece, is what I would call it, from a liberal rag. But we must take these people seriously because they have, as we've documented with Chris Carlson last hour, these people have real money and real influence, whether you like it or not. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live in seconds. Sam's got the deets, okay? Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? 
We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. In message one, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8:44, gave the left evil, spiritual power the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13, 2. The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1 that behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. So I'm talking about this whacked-out extremist in the Huffington Post, ladies and gentlemen. Her name is Kim Raff. Uh, and it's my opinion that she's whacked out and extreme liberal crazy. But they know how to engineer hit pieces on people without getting themselves in, quote, legal trouble. Uh, like I told you last hour, they want to call me a, a, a famous celebrity when they want to attack me so then they can say anything they want with impunity. Uh, but then they, uh, you know, make all kinds of libel, slanderous statements against me. But here's how they do it. The headline says living with the far right insurgency in Idaho. Well, they haven't given anybody's names. And so you don't know who the insurgency is. But an insurgency kind of makes it sound like you're into military tactics and you're undermining uh, moral and legal and everything else principles. So the far right insurgency in Idaho. Okay. Then they say a radical GOP faction. See, again, who does that point to? A radical GOP faction. You're not really identifying anybody, but you're certainly using a lot of scare words. A radical geopolitical faction there. That's kind of a far right insurgent group, right? And then they say an open alliance. You see how that is? An open alliance. I mean, they're openly uh, in this you know, alliance with extremists. Now, you know who the extremists are, right? We'll get to them later. But just so you know, they're far-right insurgent extremists in open alliance. See, they're building this. Oh, my gosh. There's a boogeyman. Cameron, don't look behind you, my friend. There's an extremist militia GOP Idahoan right behind you. And then they say, and they're seizing power. They're about to seize power. They might seize you too, Cameron. I'm just telling you right now. And they're targeting its opponents. Yes, they're in your closet too, my friend. They're everywhere. You just don't even know it, buddy. 
because they're so insidious. They're so ubiquitous. They're so, and they're targeting their opponents. And then they say with cruelty. Now, that's interesting because cruelty is just like they're being unkind. But see, they don't really say how they're targeting. Are they violating any laws? Are they disturbing the peace? Or is it just kind of cruelty? Now, I think this headline is full of cruelty, if you want my opinion. I mean, it's literally saying, hey, the far-right insurgency in Idaho, the radical GOP faction in open alliance with extremists, they're seizing power and targeting opponents. I mean, isn't that cruel to, to, to label all that? Then they say, some wonder, is it time to leave? It's so bad in Idaho. You're so under the gun by these crazy extreme right wing that, man, it, it might even be time to leave, leave your home. It might be time to go to, like, I don't know, California or New York or Chicago or some of these liberal places for safety. <laughs> and on one hand, it's laughable, ladies and gentlemen. It really is like, are you kidding me, laughable. But the problem is when you read the article, it is not laughable because of how serious these guys take it. So the article then does this, and here's one of the tactics they use. They don't want to attack Sam Bushman directly. Because they know that I'll punch back. Okay, I'm a little like Donald Trump. I'll, I won't take it. I'll double down in defense of myself like I'm doing right now in general with this article. But uh, they attack people that have a hard time punching back. Because there are extremists among us. There are people who um, make us look bad in every case, right? And so what they do is they find the, the I don't know what you want to call it, the worst of them, the extreme of them, or the ones that don't um, know how to deliver the ones that don't really know how to win friends and influence people, kind of an idea. And they and they make the worst out of it. And then what they do by inference, see, they use these drive-by shootings, as Rush Limbaugh used to call it, right? Uh, media drive-bys, um, where they, they don't say Sam Bushman or Ammon Bundy or because they know that, you know what, they'll get their clock cleaned if they take on us directly. So what they do is they find some extremist and then they paint that extreme crazy view. And then by inference, we're all involved or we're all cast into this guilt by I don't know what net, guilt by ideology net, because it's not even association. I don't even know these people. So here's what it says. Idaho white nationalist Vincent James. That's who you got to know. Idaho white nationalist Vincent James there. And his last name, Fox, Vincent James Fox, right? They say Fox had a new video for his nearly 70,000 subscribers on BitChute. And then they say BitChute, of course, is one of the platforms that still hasn't banned him. And then they say on February 16th, he appeared wearing a baseball hat emblazoned with the state. Um, I guess they say with the state's outline tilted on its side so that it resembled a pistol. So now they've already tied white supremacy, pistols, gut, bit shoot, platforms that won't deplatform him, all these groups together. So now bit shoot's already in the whatever and the whole state, anybody who, right? And then they use this statement that he claims we are going to take over this state, Fox declared. We have a great large of people, and that group is growing. And then they say this. A true, actual, right-wing takeover is actually happening, and there's nothing you can do about it. So if you're a legislator, get in line or get out of the way, they say. Fox, they say, this James guy, 36, isn't from Idaho. He recently moved from California to Post Falls. 
But in the video, he showed him posing with a string of politicians that he's supporting in the upcoming primaries. He's especially excited about a selfie that he's taken a week prior. It showed him in front of another white nationalist, Dave Riley. So now you got this, you know, these two guys, right? Uh, Fox and Riley. Well, just so you know, they say I'm a white supremacist or a racist too, but see, I don't even know either of these guys. I don't know either of them at all. Never heard of them until this article. But they say he was especially excited with Dave Riley. And thereby, they're standing with the Lieutenant Governor Janice McKeegan. All right, so, uh, so there you have it now. You got the Lieutenant Governor, and then you got these two, quote, white supremacists. And they say, we're supporting her, Fox says, writing of his movement's deep connections to McGeegan. That's who Donald Trump endorsed. See, now we've already you know, painted Donald Trump in this. And that's who Donald Trump endorsed in the primary. But see, I would support Ammon Bundy, see? We're not Christian right, white nationalists or whatever. They say they're poised to conquer Idaho and then the whole country. They say the solution is local politics amassing power in these, quote, pockets of the country until it's time to unify. He said, I've only been here for a couple of months and I'm tapped into the way I am and you can do it too. He says, come to Idaho, baby. Fascists like Fox are famous fabulists. In other words, they're expert at exaggerating their influence and success. But you know what? Fox ain't just talking SHIT, they say. He's one of many far-right activists who have flocked to Idaho in recent years where extremists are infiltrating, embracing, and taking over the narrative, the direction of the party. They say a, a large and radical growing faction has taken over the party, and they've openly allied themselves with extremists. To a shocking extent, even for the Trump era. So now they've attacked Trump. They put these white supremacists who nobody knows to these guys. And then they say they're accruing more and more and more power in Boise, Idaho, which is the state capital. They say, imagine a state house full of Marjorie Greens and Steve Kings, don't you know? So now they've attacked two congressmen. And they say, imagine those guys at the local level. They have seized seats on local school boards. So you remember those terrorists on the local school boards there? Now they've basically attacked, you know, two Congress people. They've now attacked everybody seizing seats on school boards. You don't just get elected now. You seize a seat. Do you understand? See the wordsmithing? Do you see the manipulation in the, in the media? Do you see the scare words they're using? You don't just get elected to a school board. So you're seizing a seat on the school board and on county commissions, don't you know? So see, now elections are seizing seats. And they're doing it, by the way, at a fast clip, don't you know? I mean, it, it, you don't, you blink, and buddy, you're going to be surrounded by extremists, buddy. They say they've accomplished this in part by targeting their opponents with frightening cruelty. Not just cruelty, but frightening cruelty and harassment. Embra embracing a strategy, they say, called confront confrontational politics. They say, which has helped drive more moderate officials across the state to resign or retire. 
Now think about this for a minute, folks. Think about all that scare words and all the scare words in the article. And you're literally seizing seats. You're not getting elected. You're literally using frightening cruelty, whatever that means. They say confrontational politics is the term they're using. I want to come back and talk about that point in seconds. I am Sam Bushman. Incredible scare tactics by the Huffington Post. Shame on their dishonesty and manipulation, ladies and gentlemen. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. There seems to be no end in sight to the rising gas prices. A new AAA survey showing the national average for a gallon of regular is up to $4.59 a gallon. The least expensive place to fill up is Oklahoma, where the statewide average is $4.03 a gallon. This driver telling ABC 15 News in Phoenix, Arizona, enough is enough. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it just keep going up. A judge is keeping Title 42 in place for the time being. The Louisiana judge keeping his injunction in place for the policy that has been used nearly two million times to keep illegal immigrants from seeking asylum in the United States due to COVID restrictions. Wall Street ending the week nearly unchanged as the Dow gained eight points. This is USA Radio News. Wendy Bell here for my friends at Swiss America. Did you know the U.S. Constitution authorizes only two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver? That's right. But our government abandoned gold and silver a half century ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have rocketed in recent years due to growing economic uncertainty. So to help my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer today. Silver walking liberty half dollars at the amazing low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50. Call now to reserve your silver coins at 800-630-1490. That's 800-630-1490. Silver walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last. Put a silver lining in your financial portfolio now by calling 800-630-1490. 800-630-1490. President Biden spent part of his Friday in South Korea, the first leg of his Asian tour that aims to build economic ties and counter Chinese influence. So much, so much of the future of the world is going to be written here in the Indo-Pacific over the next several decades. We're standing at an inflection point in history where the decisions we make today will have far-reaching impacts on the world we leave to our children tomorrow. President Biden also meeting with the president of South Korea. The CDC is keeping their eye on another virus. A monkeypox outbreak in several European countries and one United States state may become the largest outbreak of the virus outside of Africa, but it's not likely to cause a global pandemic like COVID. It's related to smallpox. Monkeypox has two main types. The West African, which has a fatality rate of about 1%, and the Congo Basin, with a fatality rate of around 10%. From the West Coast to USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. This is USA Radio News. With news the networks refuse to use. 
You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, so this Huffington Post article is just absolutely psychotic, full of uh, scare words and everything else. So they're using this term called confrontational politics. Now, I agree that confrontational politics is a real term. I agree that it's being used. But the idea that it's frighteningly cruel or evil or whatever is now all subject to interpretation. Let me give you an example. What is confrontational politics exactly? On its mildest level, ladies and gentlemen, it's if I bring up my issue, then I'm into confrontation. You see? If I ask a running politician or a candidate a question about pro-life and they're pro-death, then see, I'm confrontational. I'm bringing up something that I know they're against with an effort to confront them, right? That's the mildest example of, you know, how do you feel about taxes? You know, when I know they want bigger taxes, so I'm trying to say I want lower taxes, and so I confront them. Those are the mild level. But they're saying they're getting in people's faces. They're chasing them down. They're documenting them on video. They're, and now we're getting to the more extreme level. And I agree that there is a line to where confront, confrontational politics is crossing the line, right? So I believe in confrontational politics in that I believe in healthy debates. I believe in direct confrontation of ideas. In other words, I don't have to back off. For example, I think gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender agenda and the gender manipulation that they're doing to the children is child abuse. Okay? But can I say that I believe that's child abuse or is that now confrontational politics? See? So the lines are very difficult when you make a claim. And this is what I mean by the libel and slander and the wordsmithing that they're using. It throws everybody in one camp. Everybody's involved in this extreme confrontational politics so bad that the Democrats are fearing for their lives, by golly. I mean, if you're not careful, they're going to get ran out of town on a rail. You see what I mean? It's that kind of an idea. It's not really the truth at all. But then they go on. I mean, this is just amazing. Listen to what they say here. A lot has been written about both the radicalization of the Republican Party and the decline of democracy in the U.S. And it's all about the country being on a precipice. Well, first off, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what the radicalization of the Republican Party is. <clears throat> is following the platform radicalization? Is following the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, radicalization? Is pushing for less taxes and smaller government and accountability and transparency, radicalization? See, in, the, in their minds, Absolutely. And when they say that increase in the radicalization of the Republican Party and the decrease of democracy in America, we don't have a democracy, folks. And believe it or not, a lot of the conservatives weren't in the game when all the liberals ran everything. Now we're getting into the game and they don't like it. So more people in politics to them is less democracy. Why? Because it's not the agenda they want. That's why. Then they go on and say it's maybe easy for those warnings to become, quote, background noise or to dismiss them as pieces of clickbait. I don't know if you know what clickbait is, but just kind of uh, irrelevant things to attract attention, not really substantive. It's not really real, but it sure moves the needle for promotion or, or, or you know, uh, fame and fortune and uh, whatever. Oh, no. But in Idaho, ladies and gentlemen, they say that's not the case. In fact, listen, the nightmare scenario is crossing into reality. 
Do you hear that? The nightmare scenario is crossing into reality. Do you see the wordsmithing there? I mean, they have got you so freaked out, man. There's a militia white supremacist extremist with a gun that's taken over your elections by force. And by golly, it's so bad that the authoritarian GOP, that's what they say. Think about these words. The authority, geo, authoritarian GOP is about to create a whiter, meaning a racial, a whiter Christian nation. These radicals have gestured at the future they want, they say. Now listen to what they want. You ready? No rape and incest exceptions to Idaho's abortion ban. No emergency contraception. No gender-affirming health care for minors. The banning of books. The jailing of librarians. And maybe no public education altogether. And then this author says, I recently spent a week traveling across the state of Idaho. And in all these places, Democrats and, quote, more moderate Republicans viewed Tuesday's primaries as an existential affair. Some are, believe it or not, considering leaving the state if MAGA extremists and others are going to gain more power. Others are digging in their heels to fight back. You see, folks, the people that I talked to, this author says, are not accustomed to alarmism, which made it striking to hear some of their voices tremble when they talked about what's happening to their home. Do you see the wordsmithing there? I talked to these people. They're not used to alarmism. But now that alarmism's here, they're panicking. They're ready to leap. They're tremble. They've got a tremble in their voice when they even talk about this crazy right-wing extreme insurgency. They say their message for the rest of the country, it's going to get bad. Oh, yes. The GOP really will go that far. A very extreme Republican county committee, they say. And then they have a, t- a photo, and it's like an area nation's photo. White supremacist demonstrators mark- march through the streets of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, the capital of white supremacy. Then they say an unidentified man's in photo at the area nation's compound, don't you know, in Hayden Lake, Idaho. And by the way, that's back in 1992 where they literally have this. And then they refer to articles from 1986 and photos from 1986 about white supremacists. They're digging back that far for their photo to demonstrate their agenda here. And then they highlight it, and it's Reuters and AP with those old articles, right? So now they're bringing in the other news press organizations to make their points more legitimate by photo, by inference. They say white... Um, right-wing extremists, so white right-wing extremists have long been attracted to Idaho, they say, drawn to its abundant land, lack of racial diversity. Yeah, the state, 93% white, they say. Yeah, that's right. Not to mention the libertarian brand of politics. They say, you know what? This is uh, going on. You got Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, a fast-growing city of 50,000 in the Rockies. Yeah, they say, we talk, I talked to this person at a park downtown. That's the same place that the neo-Nazis in the 1990s were marching around trying to get people to join their Aryan cult. 
So now we're tying this all to a cult. Keenan was referring to the Aryan Nations, the white supremacist group that had a large, sprawling compound near here, up by Hayden Lake. Anyway, it just goes on and on. But folks, they say that the Aryan Nations have terrorized the community for years. It was really easy for the community back in the 90s to organize against that. The city council was locked arm in arm. All the businesses, everybody was fairly unified back then against this extreme white supremacy. But not so much anymore. Sure, the Aryan Nations is gone. But it's 20-acre compounds in ruins. But now you got the general GOP endorsing white supremacists. See how they do this? The truth is the white supremacy movement's gone for the most part. But now they're saying, but they've just simply kind of mellowed out, went underground and resurfaced in the Republican Party, don't you know? So they say on November 22nd, 2021, Fox told his 44,000 followers. So now, see, now he's got 77,000. Before it was 44, just a few months ago, 1,000, right? On Telegram that the school board race is going well in Idaho. I'll be running for something local there soon. Fox's dream of public office has already been pursued by his white supremacist friend, Dave Riley, don't you know? A fellow white nationalist. Yeah, you know, he was endorsed by the Central Committee for a school board position, but he was at the Nazi rally in, you got it, Charlottesville, North Carolina, right? So now we're back to Charlottesville. So see how many people we bring into this painting, the picture? Everybody's working together as a white supremacist. Even after the endorsement, he got negative media coverage, but nobody backed down. I believe Dave's a good man who will prevent doctrination of our children, says Brent Reagan and others. Reagan, of course, has been at the center of, so now they attack another local politician there. Reagan has been at the center of the Idaho GOP's radicalization, you see. As Perch, a top. And then they say, the chair of the Idaho Board Freedom Foundation and da-da-da-da. They've staked out far-right positions. So now this guy's at the perch at the top. You see all these words? Reagan is also repeatedly embraced. Noxious extremist groups and figures. Think about that. You just get these weird terms. That it's just wordsmith till cows come home. Why don't Hang we tight. say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, it goes on, this hit piece from the um, Huffington Post just goes on attacking everybody in Idaho, really, who believes in conservative values. So I told you they use all these scare words and these manipulation words that keep them out of trouble, but attack, attack, attack. So then it says, last summer the KCRCC unanimously passed another resolution, listen, affirming its total support for the John Birch Society. A conspiratorial, anti-communist organization <laughs> that is in many ways kind of like QAnon. They once declared that democracy was a fraud. Well, I'm telling you, democracy is a fraud. It isn't what we have in America today, that's for sure. Anyway, so they attacked the John Birch Society. You see how in everyone in, in these articles, they just take out more and more and more and more people and tie them all as one big white supremacist, hate-filled cabal bent on overtaking the state. Never mind that a lot of these people are peacefully running for elections and winning because the majority of the people believe in conservative values and principles. But see, they paint us all and put us into one big, huge, I don't know what you want to say, pot that we're all like-minded, that we all have this evil intent. The boogeyman's out. They say Fox, that's this guy, right? This white supremacist was at the January 6th, 2020. Stop the steel rally in Washington, D.C. Now we've done. Now we've tied this guy to election fraud, right? He's been a big name in white supremacist circles for years now, they say. Well, if he's such a big name in white supremacist circles, and I'm a white supremacist, how come I don't even know the guy? I don't even know who this guy is. Now they say he was also the founder of the alt-right media collective known as Red Elephants. I don't even know who Red Elephants is, folks. Do you? They say he worked as a, quote, chief propagandist for a violent fascist fight club and is a prominent figure in the America First movement. Now, America First movement has been Trump's, right? See, now we're tying it to Donald. He's rubbed shoulders with the who's who of prominent racists appearing on podcasts to talk about Jewish control and influence of the media, denying the Holocaust, or, listen, attacking the um, IQ of non-whites. And then he says, this guy says the Buffalo shooter may have done an, an immoral act, but he was right 
about the replacement reality. See, that's what we say. You see how they're tying it together? Just because I say that, that it's factual replacement, not conspiracy, then they, now I'm with this white supremacist. I don't even know by, say, guilt by what? It's not really association. I've never associated with him. Right? There you have it. That's what these do. they do. Now, it gets worse. They go on. They say they have completely rebranded what it is to be a conservative here in North Idaho. And they have literally excommunicated and cleaned house of any rational, regular conservative from their ranks. So now you've got to be a rational, regular conservative, which means you're a moderate to the extreme. You know, the ones that have allowed America to run off the rails and promote critical race theory and this race replacement theory. And, and okay, this is what I'm talking about. John Keenan, a local Democratic activist, in a statement to the Huffington Post, Reagan claimed to no, never have met Fox. So now they're you know trying to tie these two people together. I do not recall attending any of the meetings. But then they say Fox and Riley posted photos of themselves smiling. Right? At KCRCC, Allen's link day with Dinesh D'Souza. So now what they do is they say these people deny knowing each other, but we see some photos that, well, they don't prove anything, but of course, Dinesh D'Souza was there. So see, now it's right-wing extremist racist with Dinesh and election fraud. See, bring everybody in for the attack. In almost any place in the country, they say, Fox would have no chance in being elected to any. But here, the party infrastructure would not reject it, but they would encourage it. They have completely rebranded what it means to be a conservative here in North Idaho. Okay, this is what I mean. This radical acceleration, they say, or this radicalization accelerated in the last five years. Trump's election, the pandemic, and the uprisings of racist agendas are the cause. There was a week when armed militias patrolled the streets with assault rifles in search of Black Lives Matters and Antifa activists. Anti-maskers shut down a school board meeting. Every single day I wake up, they say, and I do this debate in my head, do I go or do I stay, Keenan said. I'm in tears. They have a deep desire to dominate without mercy, they say. See, think about that, a deep desire to dominate without mercy. Look at these scare words, the, the wordsmithing. On February 25th, white nationalists stopped me from entering a third annual America First political conference in Orlando, Florida. No liberal reporters can go. So now we've gone to Orlando. Now we've gone to literally like CPAC and some of these other places. They're all part of it too, don't you know? This conspiracy is so wide. Back at my hotel since I couldn't go, I watched the um, they call it the AFPAC. I watched the AFPAC live stream. Among the five Republican officials that spoke was, again, their leader. Yep, Janice McKeegan. Yeah. Idaho's lieutenant governor, keep up the good work fighting for our country, she told the crowd. See, how dare you say something like that? 
They say other speakers then called to promote Adolf Hitler and say Anthony Fauci should be hanged. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is where I don't know if that happened or not, but I don't care. I'm not part of it. Never have been. Never will be. I am not calling for anybody to be hanged, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't think uh, Adolf Hitler was a hero. I think we've been lied to about the Holocaust and how bad it is. I think we've promoted the Holocaust to extreme levels. And anybody who dares challenge the narrative is somehow dubbed a hater, a Jew hater and an enemy, which is wrong and dishonest. I think Holodomor was a bigger fiasco. Both of them are evil and wrong. I reject the murder of anybody. I wouldn't back Hitler or anybody else. And I wouldn't call for the hanging of anybody. I'd call for due process of law and prosecution. Totally different discussion. But see, they leave that all out. They say Idaho Lieutenant Governor Janice McKeegan has routinely allied herself with some of the most extreme right-wing figures in America. So attack her before the election there. Think about this. Then they, um, Fox gave a, quote, fiery speech, they say. We must have a, quote, deep desire to dominate without mercy. You better stand up. And be with us, or America First will dominate you. Now listen. Media is playing a game of guilt by association, McKeegan says. That's what I claim. Because I guess this Fox guy took a picture with her. But she says she doesn't know him. And yeah, there's a picture. Well, look, if you're a professional figure like me or anybody else, a, a, a celebrity or a, a, I don't know, famous in someone, people ask to take photos with you and you do it. You say, sure. Um, that doesn't mean that you agree with them or know what they say, but they use this photo as guilt by association. <clears throat> now, she said, I was, I'm well aware of what AFPAC was all about. I, again, I don't know all this. I don't even know what AFPAC is. Anyway, this goes on. Her extremism has endeared her to the, quote, Idaho Freedom Foundation. Now, see, we attack. They say a, par a powerful dark money organization receiving bundles of donations from out-of-state billionaires. Now Idaho has become the Wild West again. Anyway, they just go on and on and on. Now they say, listen, since 2009, these groups have gained power. They have amassed influence by using a tool. It calls the Freedom Index. A system of scoring and ranking lawmakers according to how they vote on different bills. If the GOP legislative score falls below IFF's liking, that legislator can expect the foundation to use its considerable resources to back a primary opponent. So now they're mad at us for using the John Birch Society's Freedom Index to gauge a politician's fidelity to the constitution and if we use that then that's the tool of evil <laughs> anyway i don't even know how to respond to all this it goes on and on and on this has led to a caucus of iff who follow over themselves to do the bit the group's bidding and then now they attack my buddy heather scott she's the top one She's the most conservative one that stands up. Scott was, quote, part of an anti-government group involved in, quote, two armed conflict with the federal government, including the 2000 Mile there or Wild, my, wow, Mount Hero Wildlife Refuge standoff. 
Heather Scott wasn't involved in it. She tried to broker a deal and help it stop, just like I did. Don't lie like that. So see, now they're attacking Heather Scott wrongfully. Then they talk about Chad Christensen. He's with the anti-group, um, the Oath Keepers. Further down is Ben Adams. 78% score. Anyway, we go on and on. They then they talk about the black. Well, there's only one black state legislator in the state of Idaho, and his name is Chris Mathias. He says blacks never get a fair shake. Anyway, there we go. It just goes on. Matthias says that he never gets a fair shake because he's a black guy. Anyway, then they say that the legislator voted to cut $1.5 million. And they go on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a takeout piece like you have never seen. And what these authors are learning to do is they take phrases from each other's articles. They take research from each other's articles and they amplify the scare word mentality, the manipulate, the wordsmithing uh, to just, again, every one of their articles get longer and longer. And they build these dossiers on all of us. So now it's the Oath Keepers. And then pretty soon, another author wrote this. Sam Bushman is at the center of it all. You see the Oath Keeper, Stuart Rhodes, Richard Mack and the CSPOA, Ammon Bundy running for governor at Idaho, and Sam Bushman sits at the center as the media man to carry the ball for them. See, so um, this article didn't bring me up. But all I'm telling you is this is what they're doing, ladies and gentlemen, and what they're doing is putting a target on our back. They act like we're the violent ones. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, that they are dangerous and threatening. When conservatives have events, they're not violent, but when they do, they are. So living with the far-right insurgency in Idaho, it's a big old lie, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, it's absolutely a dishonest, immoral narrative that is false, to say the least. But what can we do about it except for stand up for ourselves in a peaceful, cogent, logical way? That's all I can say. Hour two in the can. Hope it was educational for you. Strange stuff. Go to the Idaho event in Boise with Ammon, though, will you? I'd be grateful if you would. For Sam Bushman, we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, BrighteonRadio.com. Spread the word, share the love. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.